Well, good morning. I greet you all this fine day in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we come for worship on this fourth Sunday of Advent. Just a note that this is our last Sunday morning service before Christmas Eve. There will be no Sunday morning service next week. We will gather at 7 p.m. for a candlelit Christmas Eve service. And then on the 31st, we'll gather again at 11 a.m. for our annual lessons and carols service. There's not a lot of other announcements that I have, except to mention that we're having a Christmas dinner here on the 28th. Now, primarily, this is for international students, but if anyone else in the community or in the church is looking for a nice hot meal and some fellowship over the holidays, please let myself or Grace Jones know, and we will welcome you. Any other announcements to share? Happy birthday. Anything else to share today? Well, just because Daniel's, Daniel's birthday is coming up, we're putting him to work hard this week, this Sunday. So uh, let's just take a moment to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship our God this day. Love comes in many shapes and forms. Many of us long for the feeling of love, whether from a spouse, a parent, a close companion, a friend, or from some other source. Advent reminds us the ultimate source of love has come, a love so great, so pure, so real. Once we've experienced it, we cannot turn away. From Isaiah 7, verses 10 to 14 the sign of Emmanuel. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, hear them, O house of David. Is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel.
why I told him he had to light the candles. <laughs> Lord God, we, we wait for, for the coming Messiah. In, in this season of love, may you bless our hearts as we seek in the Savior of the world. Let your light shine among us, precious Lord. Amen. This morning is low, how a rose air blooming. As we continue through this journey of Advent, we continue to seek God more in our lives. And part of seeking God more is the giving up of that which pulls us apart from God. And so now let us join together in a prayer of confession as we give to God that which, with, that which holds us back so that he may bring us wholeness and healing. Let us pray. Lord, as I prepare to receive the gift of Christmas coming soon, I lift up to you the sins of my heart so that you may heal me and I may fully receive all the blessings of your love. 
My friends, the season of Advent is the time of letting God walk with us through the things that we carry in our lives so that he may bring light into our darkness and make us whole. My friends, God hears our confessions, God knows our sins, and he offers us healing and love in the name of Jesus. Amen. morning. This morning's reading is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. The birth of Jesus is announced. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee named Nazareth. He had a message for a young woman promised in marriage to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. Her name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Peace be with you. The Lord is with you and has greatly blessed you. Mary was deeply troubled by the angel's message, and she wondered what his words meant. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. God has been gracious to you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will make him a king, as his ancestor David was, and he will be the king of the descendants of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, I am a virgin. How can this be? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come to you, will come on you, and the God's power will rest upon you. For this reason, the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. Remember your relative Elizabeth? It is said that she cannot have children, but she herself is now six months pregnant, even though she is very old. For there is nothing that God cannot do. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. And the angel left her. The word of the Lord.
Let us pray. Lord, as we come before you today, as we remember the child born in the manger, may may we remember you being born in us. And so, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. The other day when I was doing a little bit of research for the sermon, I came across a video that talked about the virgin birth. It was from a self-proclaimed progressive preacher. And it's pretty clear that this preacher saw his goal in life as to be a bit of a disruptor. I confess I could only watch a couple of minutes of the video before I had to turn it off. He started the video off by talking about how Mary was not an actual virgin. And in his words, somehow the authors of the Bible got it all wrong. Because today, science says a virgin cannot have a child. He is, all of a sudden, an expert in what the Bible has to say about the birth of Jesus, which over the last 2,000 years of the church really hasn't been that big of an issue. But he is right on one thing. Science does indeed tell us a virgin cannot have a baby. However, we need to remember that we are not talking about science. We are talking about God. God is the one who created science. God is the one who decided how things should work and he put them in place. And if God created all of these things, then could it be possible that once in a while he could break the rules when he saw fit? I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but let's look back at the passage that we read this morning. The first thing we hear about in our passage is Elizabeth. Now, we haven't really talked about Elizabeth this year, but she is a cousin, a distant relative of Mary. And she is elderly. Six months before our reading today, the elderly Elizabeth with her husband Zechariah, they were visited by the angel Gabriel and told they would have a child. And sure enough, Elizabeth in her old age became pregnant and they, had, and they went on to have a child. And this child would become John the Baptist we looked at last week. Now, from when our reading was, was set, Gabriel has now gone on to Galilee to announce to Mary that she will also have a child. How she has been chosen by God himself, and God has chosen to show her favor. We're told this child is going to be a very special child, and for he will be the Messiah. He will rule over, kingdom, uh, over David's kingdom as the Son of God. This is where Mary comes in and says, how can this be? How is it possible? Because she is young, she's still a virgin. Even Mary understands the science behind producing a child. And she has not yet met those requirements. And this is where God steps in and where God bypasses traditional science. 
Gabriel says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For no word from God will ever fail. In other words, God is going to speak and it is going to happen. This is not the first example in the Bible of God speaking and something happening. It happens on a somewhat regular basis even in the Bible. God speaks things into existence. If we go all the way back to the first page of our Bible, we read in Genesis chapter 1, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God went on to say, make the animals, make the plants, make the people. And all these things came into existence as God spoke of them. All of Genesis 1 is God speaking creation into existence. So we see from the very first words of the Bible how God's words do things. God speaks and things happen. Now Mary knows this. Mary is an Israelite from the family of Aaron, who was Moses' brother. Mary has been raised in the faith of her people. She knows the stories. And now the angel Gabriel is telling her, God is speaking again and something is going to happen. And this something is, she's going to have a child. And this child is going to come about in an unconventional way. Outside of the traditional methods of procreation. I'm trying to keep the sermon general, rated general for all ages. So we go back again and look at the reading. When the angel came to Mary, what did he say? And she's engaged to Joseph, and, the, and Gabriel says to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. What comes next is Mary saying, or we read that Mary is greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And I think you can probably see where she's coming from. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Imagine going up to a stranger in the mall and saying that. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Pick the wrong person on the right day, you might end up with a black eye. It's an odd greeting, an unconventional greeting. Gabriel is not wasting any time on getting to the point. Why wouldn't he, though? He's come to deliver a message. Why else would he come? It's an important message that he has to share with Mary. And so he might be wanting to set up an appropriate atmosphere to share such a marriage, such a message. And by doing so, he's telling Mary she is someone very special. In some ways, I kind of think of the, 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 the greeting we hear in movies sometimes. Greetings, I come in peace. Trying to set up a mood. Mary is special. Mary has been chosen to carry God's Son, perfectly human and perfectly God, together in one man. To produce such a child means he needs to have a human mother and God as his father. Mary's husband-to-be, Joseph, 
He will help raise this special child. This child who will become a king, we're told. We know that Mary has faith. We know she believes in God. She trusts God. And she also knows from her faith that God's promises are true. The Israelites, they've been looking and longing for a savior for a very long time, thousands of years. And now that this promise is finally going to be fulfilled. God has chosen Mary to fulfill this promise, to become the mother of his child, the one he would send to save the people. There's a popular song that's played this time of year. There's a lot of popular Christmas songs, but this one is called Mary, Did You Know? And people like to give this song a hard time. They say it's mansplaining the situation to Mary. If you don't don't know what mansplaining is, it is when a man explains the things in simple terms that are generally common knowledge to someone else, usually a woman. They say it's mansplaining to Mary things she already knew. And yes, she would have known some of the things that are in the song. But it's also a good song. It's got a nice tune. It's got beautiful words. It, it captures not just the birth of Jesus. In fact, it doesn't say much about it at all. What it talks about is the baby who is Mary's child and what he will become. Some of the lyrics are, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy would come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. And so on. Yes, Mary knew some of these things, but not all. What we do know is that Jesus is God among us. Mary is his mother. God is his father. Jesus was born in an unconventional way, a way which science cannot explain. But then again, science cannot explain a lot of things. Science cannot explain why some people get healed and others do not. Science cannot explain how some people smoke their entire lives and die from lung cancer, and others smoke their entire lives and do not. Science cannot explain how some people never smoke a day in their life. They exercise every day, they eat healthy, they take care of themselves, yet they also get sick and die. Science cannot really explain some of these things. Now, don't get me wrong, I believe in science. Science has taught us so much about how the world works. And what we've been learning in recent years about space and the universe at large blows my mind. Like, how can we know what makes up a planet or a sun or a star millions and millions of light years away? How can we know this? It's incredible. But I also know science is not perfect. It it makes mistakes. It does not know everything. It cannot explain things that when God speaks and things happen. 
Things happen outside the realm of science. Science cannot explain a virgin birth. It can't explain miracles. It can't explain how the universe was created. Yes, we know that there was a Big Bang nearly 14 billion years ago. The universe exploded into existence, but we don't know what triggered it. We don't know what was before the universe. Something had to cause the Big Bang. So what was it? We can't really know because science can't look back that far. There are no witnesses to the event. All we have is what we see today and what we can learn about the universe in which we live that is still expanding at an incredible rate. But then, as people of faith, we turn to our Bible, and we read words like God said, and then something happens. God said, let there be light, and the universe burst into, experience, into, into existence nearly 14 billion years ago. There are things about this world, this universe, we may never fully understand. No matter how good the science gets, we will never fully understand everything. This is where, for me, faith steps in. This is where our trust in God steps in and fills the gaps where science cannot explain. This is where, like Mary, we might want to bow before our God and say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. You see, Christmas is not about the science of procreation. It is about faith. It is about faith in our God who chose Mary to bless us with a child. A child who will grow to be a king, the king of this world but not in the traditional way a king would, 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 would do so. He's not a violent king. He's not a king focused on power and control. He's not a king with a vast, huge army. Jesus is a king who is a servant to the people. He is a king who loves everyone. He is a king who invites everyone to join him in his eternal kingdom. This king was born of Mary. He was born in a small town in the middle of nowhere. And this king comes for you. Trust in God. Trust that he is working in the areas where science cannot explain. Trust that he even works in the areas where science does do its work as we learn more about this amazing universe that he has gifted to us. God is not science. God is everything, everywhere. And he is our perfect father in heaven who sent us a child to show us the way back to him. In faith, in trust, and in love. Amen. Let us sing together angels from the realms of glory.
as we welcome God's gift to the world through his Son, Jesus Christ, we respond by giving to God our service, our love, our trust, our obedience, our devotion, as we continue to do the work of Jesus in the world this day. Our offering will now be received. Let us pray. God, we offer you today all we have for your service. Bless the gifts we bring before you to bring healing and hope to the people of our community. We pray. Amen. Let us sing together, What Child Is This?, as we prepare our hearts to receive the Lord's Supper.
in humble worship. May all our spirits magnify the Lord as we rejoice in our God. As we gather for the feast our Lord has prepared for us, we lay before God our weaknesses and our sins. He has shown us his strength. He has the Lord has helped his servants, those who fear him. And as Mary showed her faith in what was to come, we too sing our praises in the ageless song. gather for this feast in the presence of our Lord. In this season of Advent, we come to prepare ourselves in remembrance of the gift given in the lowly stable where our Savior was born, the one who comes to bring light and life to the world, showing God's great and glorious love and mercy as it was ordained to be. In his life, Jesus Christ showed the world what it means to live in faithful relationship with God and with our neighbors. Today, as we gather for this sacred meal, as we welcome the gift of the Spirit among us, leading us to continue, leading and continually showing us the way. In his birth, Jesus Christ bridged the gap between heaven and earth. In his death, he defeated the sins of the world. In his resurrection and return to the Father, Jesus made us all children of the living God. And so we sing. pray. Lord God, we gather here in your presence seeking your blessing upon this meal we are about to share. May your spirit fill us with the bread and the wine, and may we be blessed by what we do here today, in knowing that you have touched our lives through the gift of your Son, in whose name we pray the words he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In his final days, Jesus gathered with his friends around the table. In the blessing 
and breaking of the bread, he offers himself to all the world as the bread of life, the living sacrifice, broken each and every, broken for each and every one of us. This is my body broken for you. Take, eat, and remember. In the wine, Jesus pours out his love through the shedding of his blood on the cross. Love that will sustain us. Love that will heal all our broken and hurting lives. Take, drink, for this is my blood shed for you. Take, drink, and remember. My friends, this is not the table of Carmen United Church. It is not the table of the United Church of Canada. This is the table of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that all who come and receive may believe and trust in what he has done for all of us. Come, the feast is ready.
as we thank Jesus for this meal, let us pray together. God of all creation, God who came to earth through the gift of your Son, we have taken nourishment for our souls from your table. May we be filled with blessings that in this season of preparation and expectant hope, you may touch the world in and through us. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is Herald Sound, the Note of Gladness. Friends, having been filled by our Lord today by receiving the meal that he has given to us, let us go forward boldly, courageously, and strongly into this world, proclaiming Christ is here. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen. Amen.